Welcome to episode 21 of Golden Shower of Hits. On today's episode, Jamie and Mike will dive into the ninth studio album by Tom Waits, Rain Dogs. It was released in 1985, and like all Tom Waits records, it's weird as fuck and exists in its own little universe of strange people and strange situations, all of which will become more relatable as the listener gets older. It's a great record, and I think Jamie will hate it. Hey, yo, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad it was uh, you this week and not me. Mm, well, you, well, that's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I had, I sent you a text. It was like, Hey, hold on a second. My, you know, when, you know, when your when your computer goes to sleep and you leave your interface on, then you come back. Sometimes it's, things are a little cattywampus. Yes. Well, that's what happened. And so, uh, I was just restarting my interface and. I shut down Logic and restarted it. Anyway. Gotcha. This is terrible radio. <laughs> Good thing we're not on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you guys want a refund, um, fuck off. Yeah. I can uh, I can put on a, a, a copy of Stairway to Heaven and uh, <laughs> we can solve our issues in the background. <laughs> um. How's it going? Yeah, uh, good. I since we we're talking, I was like determined not to talk about audio issues at the beginning of this episode, but <laughs> but since you cracked the seal on that one, I uh, yeah, the seventh seal. Yeah, I um, I rewired my whole like recording rack yesterday, so uh, I'm like super sore today from like literally like crouching down, down like 500 times yesterday. <laughs> my back hurts and my Ugh. hips hurt. But, um, yeah, and I was a little... Do you have a whole patch bay and everything? Yeah, I, well, <laughs> I have three quarter-inch patch bays and two XLR patch bays. Yeah, it's a whole thing, dude. Multiple preamps and... What are those patch bays with the little weird tiny cords? And why do they exist? Uh, they're called... Uh, uh, they're called tiny... Um, tiny cables. Yeah, I, I feel like the word is tiny type, but it's not. They're referred to as TT cables. They're... I think they're eighth inch instead of quarter inch. Mm -hmm. And it's just so you can get more, you know, ports in the same amount of space. They use them in a lot of like bigger recording studios, I think. So, right. Uh, whatever. But yeah, no, I've been, uh, <clears throat> so <laughs> the worst thing ever is to be like a computer guy that has a hard on for cable management. And, <laughs> and then be, it's also a little, it's a really weird kink. Well, it's just like, I really like organization and I really like cable, good cable management. And with audio, it's like, I don't know, it's really hard to do that. And so I would always like, and it doesn't matter. It's, it's like, oh, it's a rat's nest behind my rack or whatever, but it would just gnaw at me and drive me crazy. So I, I built a bunch of my own snakes and stuff, you know, so they're all the right size and, and all that stuff. So that's where, you know, why this like, rack recabling thing happened was i finally finished all my snakes and stuff so it looks much better back there now 
We're all proud of you here down at the station. Yeah, like, like, like it makes any difference to anyone, me included. Like it doesn't, you know, it's not like it makes shit sound better, you know, you know but it is nice. You know what? It does if you feel better about how it's going, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So long as the sound... Did you have any issues once everything was wired up? Uh, not with the cabling, but with some other stuff. So, but I got that sorted out because my I have like I have two interfaces that tie together, and then I was having some like weird routing issues, but um, like in software. But I was able to sort that out eventually. So, and I switched back to the SM7B. So I think my experiment with the RE20 is over. <laughs> <laughs> Super exciting. You know, this is great radio. Well, I will tell you this much. Uh, Segway, it's probably as ex- exciting as talking about Tom Waits. <laughs> well, yeah. There's so Tom Waits and Rain Dogs this week. Yeah, Tom, I'm this. You know, Tom Waits is you know most famous for being like an actor banging on banging on pots and pans. Oh, God. and and hooting and hollering. Yeah. Um, kind of like Captain Beefheart, but that's not how his career started, you know? Right. He was like a piano man. Yeah. Right? Um, oh, you know, I don't This was the first record where he sort of introduced his, you know, experimental He went stuff. into a cocoon and then came, came back. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was on a new label and sort of, you know, not a complete rebirth. Uh, There's songs like Downtown Train that sort of hint at his former self. But I imagine for like long time fans, it was probably kind of weird to latch on to. I don't know how successful his career was before this album either. Because honestly, I never even fucking heard of Tom Waits until Bone Machine came out and I read a review in Spin. Oh, yeah. And went out and bought it and I was like, this is weird. Uh, cool. You know? Yeah. So Bone Machine, that was like early 90s, right? Yeah. yeah. I was like. 91 i think 92 maybe how is that compared to like this album like it's idea wise i guess i you know it's a it's a little more it's a little less like junkyard it's a little darker yeah um and uh somehow it's i think it still hold it holds up and sounds fresher and more contemporary right (laughs) i mean and you know by your standard, it is a contemporary album. It came out in the 90s. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I have this real love-hate thing with his like junk junkyard orchestra stuff. Yeah, I mostly hate it. Um. <laughs> I, I knew that you would. And, you know, honestly, sometimes I have a hard time with it. Yeah. I just, so I, you know, I've known who Tom Waits was for years and years I've had friends and acquaintances talk about him and, you know, heard references of him over the years, but never listened to anything of his until uh, last week. Um, and you never heard his music until last week? Nope. Uh, I mean, at least not knowingly, you know, I mean, there may have been something playing in the background somewhere at a party or something, but I never knew right. anything about it. Never <clears throat> willingly. No. So my first. Uh, when I put the record on, my first reaction was, "Oh, this is like if Beetlejuice put out a record, like totally this is fucking weird." And yeah. uh, you know, like I think it's the second song. Like there's like so much, you know, you you totally nailed it with the junkyard orchestra. Like I was like, this is like you recorded like 
the tin cans being pulled behind a, a, a newlywed car. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just yeah. like, so yeah, but you know, there are, uh, I have some issues. Look, it doesn't stop there because he's also singing about like fucking, you know, midgets with eye patches and stuff. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like he sings about a bunch of weird shit. Yeah. Which is also very like Beefheart. Yeah, I've never listened to the Captain Beefheart either, so I don't know. It kind of he kind of lifted a lot of shit from Beefheart. And the very little bit of back reading that I did mm-hmm. on about this record, yeah. he uh he married a gal who had way more eclectic tastes than he did, and she introduced him to the music of Beefheart and then this record happened. Ah. Um, that makes sense. Cause that's, I mean, in my mind, I was like, well, th- it sounds a lot more like beef art than I am imagined. Yeah. It, you know, that it would, uh, you know, the positive, I don't want everybody to think I, I just hate this record. And, it, you know, um, there are a lot of really cool things about this record. There are some songs that are good on the record. Um, the guy has an amazing, uh, like this impressive amount of voices, you know, it's oh, it's yeah. not just <clears throat> like, oh, this is Tom Waits singing. He sounds like different characters on some songs, you know what I mean? Which is really interesting and cool. Um, and also, uh, his lyrics are amazing. Like, a lot of them are really good. It, it kind of reminded me of um, Leonard Cohen, how, you know, it, it seems like he's more of a poet than a musician, maybe. For sure. And... Um, he can really paint. Yeah, he wants you to like experience a scene. Right. Yeah. That's, you know, when I was playing some stuff for Jennifer, she's like, this is, she's like, this song is terrible musically, but I like am picturing <laughs> what he's talking about, you know, like painting this uh, scene of New York City that's super vivid. And, um, right. You want to see like a claymation <laughs> short to accompany it with like, right, right. Talking animals and three headed snakes. Yeah. And, so that was that was really cool, and um, you know, I don't want to jump to the end of the interview, the review here, but um, <laughs> but let's grade. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, you know, I I definitely think this record is worth everyone listening to once because that's what I did. <laughs> no, I listened to it one and a half times. Um, uh. Yeah, just, you know, just to experience the, like, storytelling and the scene painting is, um, makes it totally worth listening to, you know what I mean? Whereas some of the music is, oof. But, uh, <laughs> like, Cemetery Polka, um, and there, there are some songs that kind of remind me of other songs, uh, and I know I'm going to say this song that this reminds me of, and the song that this reminds me of came out way after this record did, but uh, Cemetery Polka kind of reminds me of uh, the Nightmare on, Nightmare on Christmas movie. You know what I'm Nightmare talking about? Before Christmas, yeah. This is well, yeah, Halloween. I mean, his Halloween. music sort of, you know, it, it really has that kind of feel to it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's. I mean, here is what it is. It's like it's like this strange combination of of a junkyard percussion, right? Out of tune, fucking <laughs> like fifty dollar acoustic guitars. Mm-hmm gypsy eastern european gypsy music <laughs> like new orleans you know horn music right marimbas yeah and like those weird what are those little thumb things so yeah thimbles? like bling 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 huh uh, thimbles are, are they called thimbles 
not for sewing, little music instruments. Yeah. They're like little thumb th- thumb pianos. I, th- uh, I don't know about thumb pianos, but I know about little thumb cymbals that like uh, belly dancers use, and I thought they were called thimbles. No, that's not what I'm talking oh. about. What I'm talking about is called, here's what it's called. It's called an imbira. <laughs> I just looked it up. Okay. The imbira is a family of musical instruments traditional to the Shona people of Zimbabwe. Oh, my goodness. How do you spell that? And it's like a wooden board with a hole in it, so it's almost like a a box of a of a, a hollow body guitar. Uh-huh. And then there are these bent pieces of metal that are tuned, and you like pluck it down, and it you know makes a little. I guess it's also called an idiophone. That's weird. How do you spell the name of the instrument? I always knew it as a thumb piano. Here's the thing: well, when I lived in <laughs> Can Seattle, you not hear me? what'd you say? I said. Can you, I, three different times. Can I, I spell said, thumb piano? No, three different times I said, can you spell the name of the instrument? And he just kept going. Okay. K-A-L-I-M-B-A is what it's called. M-B-I-R-A. <laughs> Mbira. Okay. It's not K-A-L-I-M-B-A? We're not talking about fucking kalimbas. We're talking about Mbira. It's the family ah. of instruments. I guess that the kalimba, which is also known as a thumb piano, exists under. Kind of like guitar right and then there's acoustic oh, guitar electric guitar i played with one of these before okay i'll put a See, link in the show you notes. could be on a you could be on a tom waits album <laughs> i'll put a link in the show notes for people if i can look this <laughs> maybe maybe how hey here's an idea oh god how do we how do we link to the what do you call it when you link to it and then you, you sell you make money selling oh, these things yeah a uh, affiliate link yeah, let's affiliate link to these. The most expensive ones are 55 bucks and it's Christmas. <laughs> Maybe we can move some of these things and make ourselves $11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom would be proud of us. The, the kalimba, huh? Okay, interesting. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, so there's all these like, uh, you know, weird instruments, yeah. right? Yeah, one of the things um, I was reading about, uh, I was reading an interview with this guitar player and he was talking about how Tom would give them tapes of the songs that he wrote and then the, they wouldn't actually rehearse them before recording, but they would, uh, like the first time they would ever play them together would be to tape. And so <laughs> to, to have, you know, that spontaneity or whatever, um, at least that was the idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> it really shows. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh Keith Richards is on this fucking album. I saw that. And as I listened to the album, I kept trying to pick out which songs Keith was playing on. And the only one I could figure out was, or well, I haven't gone back to verify, but I think he's playing on Big Big Black Mariah. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. And then is he playing on Blind Love? Yeah, and the song before that. Union Square? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't pick up the uh, third one. And then so. Mark Ribot is on it. I don't know who that he's is. A fucking, he's a fucking monster, a genius. And he plays all the weird guitar that you hear on there that's like, <laughs> okay. you know? All the monster It sounds guitar. like, it sounds like, you know, fucking everything that I said before, minus the percussion part. Right. And sometimes to include that. Yeah. He's a guitar freak for sure. Interesting. So, um, one thing that I thought was interesting in doing some research on this was that's not Tom Waits on the cover of the record. It's some other dude who looks like Tom Waits, apparently. Really? Yeah. 
or at least a, no. at least a lot of people thought it was Tom Waits, but that's not Tom Waits on the cover. I mean, I thought it was too. Yeah, yeah, that was that was my impression too. But then when you look at the cover and do it like a Google image search of Tom Waits, it's yeah, it's not him. So, but yeah, I, th- huh. I thought that was weird that you know he picked out. Hey, this guy kind of looks like me. Let's put him on the cover. <laughs> i can't be bothered what an artistic approach yeah, i can't be bothered with a photo shoot you know the funny thing about tom waits is i kind of think he looks like uh ron perlman from sons of anarchy totally which yeah totally which uh really that's that's what he's from to you uh yeah so oh here's a hold weird on let, let me let I me f- run let okay. me finish go ahead so he, he kind of looks like ron ron perlman who was on son of that anarchy and then um Katie Seagal was on Sons of Anarchy too, and Katie Seagal sang on Gene Simmons' solo album. This is one of the things you wrote down. <laughs> you fucking asshole! <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. I got to wreck all my jokes. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to turn hey, this podcast into she six sang, degrees of kiss, Mike. She sang. Really? Is that true? Yeah. So she was a waitress in a diner, and Gene met her and uh, briefly dated her. Uh, around that time Ugh. and she was an uh, aspiring actress and singer so he had her come and sing uh, background vocals on his album and i think if you look on the back of the album she's credited so well that was big of him yeah <laughs> to actually credit her mm, ron per- here's something yeah here's a ron perlman tie-in uh at the time when I was listening to some Tom Waits music was also at the time when I had moved. This is a time that I've explained to you before in my life. Right? Yeah. I had moved to Seattle. Mm-hmm. I was trying to, you know, exercise the hick out of myself. <laughs> right. And so I was really trying, I was overexposing myself to art, which is great. It's good, but also like, I don't know. I I don't. I don't completely connect with all of it, but I I did love this movie, City of Lost Children. Mm-hmm. Do you ever see that? The name sounds familiar, but no. It's pretty rad, and it has a, an amazing soundtrack. I listened to that soundtrack a lot around the same time that I was listening to a lot of Tom Waits, you know, because, uh, you know, if you have artsy girlfriends that go to acting school or whatever, yeah, you know, they're into this shit. And so uh, Ron Perlman was in City of Lost Children. Yeah. Huh. City of Lost How's Children. How's that for a tie-in? <laughs> it's pretty poor. <laughs> well, it doesn't have anything to do with Kiss, but... Exactly. The, uh, those soundtracks right up next to each other, they have a bunch of the same eclectic sounds. Okay, yeah. The soundtrack for City of Lost Children is like, you know, not it's not like a, a sister recording, but it's maybe a cousin or a second cousin yeah of tom waits music so this is a foreign film yeah okay it's it's good hmm. yeah. it's a, uh like the same guy did um delicatessen i, I want to say ah okay and uh what else oh, you know a bunch of uh oh god what was the uh delicatessen did you see that movie it sounds familiar i either saw it or it's like one of john's favorite movies uh, but i i've repeatedly heard that name before I'm looking at City of Lost Children, and I didn't even realize this. The soundtrack is Angelo Badalamenti, which uh, is the fellow who did Twin Peaks as well. That's crazy. I didn't realize that. Huh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, all this art music yeah. was the stuff that I was trying to purge butt rock out of me with. <laughs> so, why were you trying to purge the 
you know, you can take the boy out of the trailer. You can't take the trailer out of the boy. Why were you trying to purge that? Well, I mean, I got to Seattle. Yeah. Right. And I've told this story, like I had a Jackson and a fucking mm-hmm. crate amp with built-in chorus. And yeah, dude. No one would have me in their band. Uh, you know, yeah. they were just like, fuck off. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, all right, well, what do I have to, how, wh- what do I have to, what do I not understand? What do I not get that people are doing? And so really I overdid it because people just were they're a bunch of fucking fake asses. But yeah, so I probably went way down the rabbit hole further than most folks did trying to like learn, you know, just trying to expose myself to what I thought was interesting music. Yeah. And maybe my, dis, you know, like maybe, maybe my relationship with it now is like, I look at it and I kind of chuckle a little bit like, <laughs> that's how, that's kind of how I feel about Tom Waits, but also kind of, I feel like I totally respect him. I can't, I just can't listen to it all the time. It's not like driving music. You yeah. Know? It's music for fucking, you know, rated R cartoons. Yeah. I kind of feel a little bit different on the respect aspect. Um, you don't respect him. Well, <laughs> I kind of feel like Tom Waits is a character. You know what I mean? Like it's a persona that he decided to do. And I know that you're going to be like, dude, kiss, come on. <laughs> it's all personas and characters. Right. But for some reason, that's different for me. And I, I think it's because it's such an obvious that it's a character, that it's okay. But when people try to have this like persona, I don't know, just, there's just something phony about that. I just, I, I don't appreciate non-genuine things you know what i mean unless they're wearing makeup yeah i mean unless it's like because that that's not being passed off as hey i'm a greaser or you know whatever right yeah this is you know my job what about but david bowie even uh that's the thing too i feel like bowie's so over the top that that's okay you know what i mean that that's obviously a persona and he is presenting it as a persona like a a character you know what about that band ghost i don't know who that is really Mm-mm. oh you might like them but you might also might hate them they're kind of they, like th- do they have sheets over themselves with little eye holes cut out <laughs> <laughs> no that's the ku klux Klan. oh gotcha um no these guys are in costume though they wear the lead singer guy uh is like an evil pope kind of thing he wears like a, ske- a skeleton face mask with a pope's Gideon. Okay. And then everyone else in the band are like evil ghouls. And their costuming has changed over the years, much like Kiss's costuming changed. Right. Um they started as wearing like robes and cloaks with face covering, you know? Okay. Like uh what do you call that? Uh, uh I don't know. What do you call uh like a something that they can see through uh any a shroud oh, over right, their face. Yeah. yeah. Um and it's, I love it. It's kind of like, you know, vintage 70s prog. It started as vintage 70s prog slash Blue Oyster Cult. Mm. And it sort of transitioned into sounding more more highly produced and vaguely like late 80s Aussie. Like their, their biggest hits all kind of sound like the ultimate sin to me. Okay. 
but it's really it's good huh. it's i love it yeah i don't yeah. know anything about them um but yeah you know the whole like i don't know fedora hold and, on one second will you yeah. okay I just had to knock on the door because uh, my wife was right on the other side having a phone conversation. <laughs> we could review her phone conversation. <laughs> She's being awesome on this it, one. You'd probably like it more than you like Tom Waits. Uh, probably. I just, you know, the the thing about Tom Waits is I feel like he's, you, you know how like there's the kids in school who try to be weird, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's kind of how I, and then there's kids who are weird, right? And that's fine. Um, But I I feel like Tom Waits is like trying to be weird. And it's kind of too bad because some of the songs have a lot of potential. And then they're ruined by percussion, which is like spoons on pots. You know what I mean? It's like, fuck, dude, why'd you have to ruin this? And his lyrics are great, you know? like I guess what I would remind (laughs) you is that it's, just because you and I don't absolutely love it doesn't mean it hasn't worked out well for him. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of crappy stuff in the world that people love, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's whatever, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, this is my review of, you know, what I think of this, of this record. And, uh, you know, I, I I'm a traditionalist, uh, in some respects, you know, so, I mean, <clears throat> it's like, I feel like he's, he's trying to portray this character. He's trying to be weird and, you know, do this like experimental thing. And it's like, dude, your songs don't need that. You have some, you have these great lyrics, you have some great melodies, like, and you just overshot, you know, you know? So I don't know. It's fine. It definitely <laughs> is not an effortless record. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it doesn't feel like some guys getting in a room and naturally hashing out some songs. Right. But, you know, it's, and in that regard, it's art, right? Yeah. So I'm curious to know, because I have, with visual art, I have a similar relationship as I do with, like, with Tom Waits' music, where it's like, you see something and it's just, like, challenging, you know? Um, like, we we both like Nagels. Love Patrick Nagel, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's very pop, pop art. Yeah. But then, you know... I like some other stuff that's maybe more challenging for its challenge. Well, <clears throat> um, I'm trying to decide whether or not I should tell this story or not. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is always my favorite. These are always my favorite Jamie stories. <laughs> uh, we went and saw uh, the shins play in Portland. Um, I think before they got big and they were playing mm-hmm. like a, like a space that was like an art space. And okay, <laughs> one of the art things was uh, probably like a hundred rolls of toilet paper on these, on these dowels, like 10 foot dowels with rolls of toilet paper on them. That thing would go for a lot of money right now. So I uh, unrolled a little toilet paper and wiped my ass with it. <laughs> roll it back up on the roll. <laughs> no, you I didn't. did. Wow. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's kind of funny. I mean, <laughs> it was know, really funny. Is that, is, that, is that life imitating art? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jamie wiping his ass with somebody's art. Uh, yeah, I guess that's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> or is that life irritating that, art? <laughs> that, uh, that thing has some legs, you know, turned into a podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. Uh, uh, you know, I there. Did it make the police blotter? <laughs> no. Um, That's too bad. I, I should tell you about the time I got arrested sometime. Uh, anyways. Um, Was it for a poop oriented no, thing? No, no, no. Uh, no, it wasn't poop related. No, we uh, we got arrested. <clears throat> well, we were, I don't know if arrested was, yeah, I guess we were arrested. And it, it was on a totally trumped up charge, you know? And the, uh, it was me and- Fake news. It was me and the, the uh, my drummer, Brett, at the time. And we, you know, we were like, we knew it was trumped up charges and the cops were trying to scare us. And uh, so we weren't taking it seriously. And, and when they- um, uh, when they fingerprinted us, we did the thing like they did in Strange Brew, where they touch each other's faces with the ink from their fingers. <laughs> <laughs> so my mugshot—I have a bunch of fucking inky fingerprints all over my face in my mugshot. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I've been. What were you? What were you arrested for? Uh, it's kind of a long story, but it was—it was literally uh, like a. They were setting us up to try to get us to like flip on some other people or, you know, flip on this thing. And we were like, it's not a thing. So they were trying to scare us and they weren't able to. And while they were booking us, we just, you know, we didn't take it seriously. So, (laughs) right. And, you know, and it ended up being not a thing. Like the arrest was expunged from our records and all that stuff because it was not a legitimate thing. So, but yeah, I I, I want to I every once in a while I think oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna write a book about my life or whatever, and then I think I'm gonna call this police department and try to get a copy of that mugshot where I'm just like have this huge <laughs> grin and I have a bunch of fucking fingerprints all over my face with black ink. So. Do you think they have a copy of that? Still? I would. I I mean, do you? I don't think they get rid of mugshots, do they? So I don't know. I've, you know what? I've never been arrested. Really? <laughs> Can you believe that? No. Uh, you're laughing. <laughs> Clearly, you can't believe it. Uh, it's kind of amazing because yeah. <laughs> when I was drinking, I was pretty awful. Yeah. Um, and certainly deserved to be arrested. <laughs> probably locked up. Yeah. Uh, many times. But no, never. So do you, do, were you just lucky and not run in with the cops or were you able to like talk your way out of it or Um, i feel like you had run-ins with the cops but were able to talk your way out of it that might be the case that seems like a here's the thing i mean it really depends i mean i drove to maryland and back this week Mm -hmm. and on the way back i had a headlight go out right so it's like a 14 hour day in the truck for me yeah I had a headlight go out on the way back when it was dark and I got pulled over twice. Really? Yeah. Okay. W- within 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Like in the last 20 minutes of my drive home. Yeah. And the first cop walked up and he was a stater and he saw my Marine Corps sticker in the in my back window of my pickup and he was like, hey, you know why I pulled you over? And I said, yeah, man, I got, I know I got a light out. You know, I explained my long day very quickly you know i drove to maryland yeah. and back for work light went out uh, a couple hours ago and i'm trying to get home i'll fix it in the morning and he's and he just looked at me and he's, he said can i see your license and i said sure and he stood there and he looked at it and he said is all the information current and i said no it's but it's updated in your system they just didn't give me a new license 
And he said, ah, just fix your light uh, in the morning, okay? Yeah. And off I went, right? Second guy, I was like, all right, this will be easy. But he was <laughs> a fucking local punter, uh, right? Prick. And so uh, he's like, all right, let me go back and run your information. And so uh, he did, and, and he gave me a fucking ticket. So the next day, You're I kidding. had to spend an hour and a half. No, I had to go spend an hour and a half getting a headlight, which I was going to go do. It, it's a 10-minute ordeal. Yeah. I had to go get this thing and then uh, go to the police station, have them inspect my headlight to make sure it was okay. So I had to wait for someone to come out and help me. You're kidding. They had and to come I out to and to, look at it? Yeah, that's wow. right. They, okay. they, you couldn't just show them the receipt or whatever. They yeah. did it. And then, the, so they had to inspect it, sign off on the paperwork. Then I had to go to the courthouse and wait and drop off the paperwork. Wow. Yeah. How's that? That's pretty wild. So sometimes I can talk the cops out of shit, but when I was drinking, I was not charming. <laughs> Trust me. This is not cool. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I guess I was slippery. I just s- slipped by. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've never arrested. <clears throat> I've had enough. I've been in the back of a couple cars. Yeah. I've uh, definitely had some run ins with police that um, weren't warranted. And, um, yeah, some have been interest more interesting than others, but we'll leave that for those for another episode. I think, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring this all the way around. Uh, in 1977, singer Tom Waits was arrested outside a coffee shop, uh, for trying to stop men from bullying other patrons. I think I, I read, this, a, I read about this, but I didn't read the, I didn't see the details. The men were plain clothes officers, and Waits was charged with disturbing the peace. <laughs> Isn't that fucking like yeah. what a surprise? Uh, Waits disputed the charge, was found not guilty, and successfully su- sued the police department for seventy five hundred dollars. <laughs> I saw that. So in nineteen seventy seven, I guess his career was not what it was later. Right. So, so <laughs> probably, um, you know, you needed to make some scratch. Yeah. yeah. Well, God, seventy. What did you say? Seventy-seven hundred. Uh, seventy-five hundred bucks. But that's it was a, lot a lot of money. You, know, you in, could buy a new. In seven, you could buy a new car for that much. Oh yeah, totally. That's a lot of money in nineteen seventy-seven. Right. Yeah, because like uh, I, I remember seeing like ticket stubs from the seventies, and it was like five dollars. <laughs> so my first concert was twelve dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, it was Iron Maiden and Twisted Sister. Wow, what a great show. Oh, and that's a it's a big production. Yeah, yeah. How much was it? 1250? Yeah. Wow. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. Speaking of uh Twisted Sister, I I want to <laughs> I want to be sure to touch on this Twisted Sister factoid this week. So, last week oh. you talked about um how you when you were touring with Loaded, you got a picture of yourself uh of loaded and twisted sister and they were in their makeup and you'd posted it on MySpace, right? Did you go find it? <clears throat> so I looked on MySpace and they they read you know, MySpace is still there, but they like rejiggered everything and so everybody's content is gone, right? It's been that way for right. years. Sure. Um and wait a minute, MySpace is still a thing? Yeah, it's still up and running. What's their focus? It's like music, but it's like everybody bailed, you know. So like you still have a page there and I still have a page there and all the bands still have pages there and stuff. But the, just like 
this is like 12 Eastern European DJs with their mixtapes up there and that's it. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, but all the content's been basically has been wiped, which really sucks. But um, so uh, you told me this on, on our episode last week and um, you mentioned like, you're like, I think it might be on Facebook too, uh, but I'm not going to scroll through all these photos to try to find it. So last week when I was editing the episode, which editing the episode takes like two hours or whatever. And I have to pay attention to the episode, you know? So if I'm going to do something else, it has to be completely mindless, right? So right. I'm like, okay, well, why don't I go through Mike's Facebook photos and try to find this picture so I can include it with this episode. And I literally scrolled through fucking Mike Squire's tagged photos for almost two hours. <laughs> really? There's that much? Yeah, there's a well, it's, uh, I made it through 12 years of Facebook photos of you. <laughs> right. Well, let me tell you, 10 or 12 years ago, there were a lot of like South American fans. Oh yeah. No, Guns I know. I know now that like there it's, you know, that's one of the reasons why back then all my accounts were private. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's also why I never post any like personal shit at all. <laughs> Because you have a lot like of really. South, South American fans? Well, it's just like, I don't know. I don't want to even open the door. Right. I mean, like, it's cool. You know, be let's be friends at arm's length. Right. Yeah, so... That sounds great. It was... Uh, so what I'd done was, instead of clicking on Mike Squire's photos, I clicked on photos right. of Mike Squire's, which is a way different uh, experience. <laughs> because... I don't just see Mike's photos. I see everyone who's tagged, <laughs> tagged you in a photo, right. their photo. So, uh, yeah, there was dozens and dozens and dozens of like South American fans, like posing with you and stuff, which was, which was really sweet, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> it's just like seeing all these kids with Mike and they're all fucking excited and stuff, you know? So that was pretty cool. It was always fun meeting fans. <laughs> yeah. But, um, super fun. Did you ever find the picture? <laughs> I did not. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I made it all the way back to like 2009. Um, but I did see uh, the uh, weight up and down of Mike over the years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the mustache and just the different facial hair <laughs> changes of Mike over the years, which was fun. Yeah. And uh, and the different guitars I mean, I think that stuff, the mustache so. will always come back when if when and if that band comes back yeah i think the mustache is just part of my loaded <laughs> experience i gotta you know? i gotta say my my favorite term for a mustache is uh peter sweeper so. i like uh cookie duster <laughs> that's a good one um, so yeah yeah so long story short i did not find the photo but i did uh i, I did enjoy going through the photos and seeing all the fans uh with you being super psyched, so that was very sweet. Oh, that sucks. You know what? Let me see really quick. I'm trying to think like... <laughs> if you're going to look maybe, for the photo, start at 2010 and work backwards. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to see if Jeff Redding has has that photo um, in his whole thingamajig. Uh, photo, Jeff's photos. I got to... How do you go back that far? How do you how do you get there? Um, I think if you click on the thumbnail view, you can probably scroll down much faster than going it's by individual like, photos. But oh yeah, fuck all yeah. that. I'm not doing that stupid. I, shit. I went through individual photos. So um, let's see. 
I am. I'm trying to get there. I'm trying very hard. It's, uh, well, he's got a lot of photos. Uh, sooner or later, I'm going to get to the rock. There's a lot of family stuff right now. Yeah. Years, years of family stuff. Well, all right, here's some rock. Um, let's see here. We're going to find him. I, I, I'm going to find this photo and I'm going to share it. And I think awesome. It'll be a go- Okay. Here's, this is Europe. Here's him playing. Unless that's, uh, we're going to, fu- okay. Okay. We're on, we're on to some, there's some funny pictures of me. There was, he did a before and after of me, like with a beard and then me with a clean shave. Yeah. Let's see. It's got to be right in. Oh, we're, uh, I'm getting close. I can, I can smell it. I can, I can smell it coming on. Let's see here. He doesn't have it. You know what I'm going to do? Oh, no, wait. Oh, here we go. Oh, wait. Oh my God. It just stopped. Okay. This, this was what, this was the, there's a picture of Mark Lanigan. This is the comeback show. But then we played in Italy, so it was like uh, some festival in Italy, and uh, yeah, it's just, he doesn't have it either. Everyone put it on MySpace, and then MySpace disappeared it. That's too bad. That sucks. Yeah. Wait, here's a picture of that that was taken at that show. Yeah, I definitely saw pictures of um, Twisted Sister. Yeah, there are pictures. You can find pictures of them online. No, I meant in your in your Facebook stream. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. One thing, uh, like one thing I love about Twisted Sister is, um, you know, so they used to, for you younglings who don't know, Twisted Sister was a bunch of basically like football player sized guys that dressed up in women's clothes, essentially. Um, <laughs> so great, yeah. And they're they're basically like Kiss if Kiss tried to be the New York Dolls. Um, but uh, as time went on, like now they just play in street clothes. Basically, they don't put put on makeup and hairspray and all that stuff. But there was a time where all of the band wore the makeup and the outfits, but then the bass player was like, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> He's just dressed normally. <laughs> street clothes? Yeah, just street clothes and sunglasses. <laughs> so, That's yeah, I thought that was funny. funny. He's all standing next to D, who's all done up. <laughs> and uh, he's just wearing street clothes. You watch, we talked about this. You watched that documentary, right? Uh, about Twisted Sister? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great. Totally worth a watch. Everyone should do it. Do you remember what it was called? Was it called You Can't Kill Rock and Roll? Yeah, maybe. That's. I mean, if it wasn't, they really missed the boat. <laughs> right. <laughs> mm, I don't know. I feel like this episode's going to be a short one, man. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> hey, I'm sure I some people would be happy about that. Although we are because, 50, 50 minutes in. Here's what I think. I think that, um, uh, I think that we should do downtown train for the song really well yeah it's a it's a song yeah although i like i really like that song clap hands uh yeah that's a good song i i like uh tango till they're sore uh jockey full of bourbon was good um hang down your head is good time uh reminds me of leonard cohen a lot um blind love is a good song is that a good thing that it reminded you of (laughs) i like leonard cohen i know you like to like gaslight everyone into saying that jamie doesn't like fucking leonard cohen but i do <laughs> i went and see him play i went and saw him play live dude uh right i remember that you said that you went and saw uh with uh your father-in-law's and yeah. your lady yep mm. <clears throat> and it was good it was great i really enjoyed it um yeah you know so there are a lot there are some good songs on this record uh his 
lyric writing, although I feel like on Blind Love, he kind of phoned in the <laughs> the lyrics, but uh, the lyrics really paint uh, you know a picture, which is super interesting. And you know, even though some of the instruments are wacky on this record, some of the recording stuff is really good. Like in um, when you mix stuff, you you're trying to you know like how loud the drums are compared to how loud the guitars are that that kind of puts um the drums behind or or in front of the guitars you know it kind of it's supposed to build like a 3d model basically and some of the songs um one thing i thought was interesting was with using reverb um sometimes he's up front and the band is behind him sonically and then other times the band's up front and he's behind you know what I mean? Right. Which I thought was really cool. So yeah, sonically, there's a, a lot of really good stuff on this record too. Uh, and even, I mean, it gets, yeah, it's just weird. It's art. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's art. Uh, <laughs> this was definitely one that, uh, Christine didn't, she didn't want to hear this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I can't blame her. It, although, although it was funny, I, you know, Jennifer was asking me how I was doing getting through the record and, and I, you know, I like complained about it to her. And then I played her like the interesting stuff from the record and, you know, which then she has like a false idea of the record. You know what I mean? She's like, well, I really like that. I really like that. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm playing you the stuff that's good about the record. <laughs> yeah. Well, she gets an idea of the album's potential, not <laughs> its downfall. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not playing you the bad stuff. Uh so, but like the song uh, Ninth and Hennepin, which I was thinking might might have been about Minneapolis because Hennepin's one of the main uh, roads going through Minneapolis. I was looking forward to that. I was like, oh, cool, a song about Minneapolis. And it's just like, it's basically like a poem set to music, but the lyrics right. of the poem are fucking really crazy. Uh, right, it's like... A one-eyed gypsy bandit woman <laughs> crawls down the gutter. <laughs> right. Just like through like every line through just a like, dribble drabble lickety lack of <laughs> every line serpentine. just paints the craziest uh, picture in your mind. So yeah, I, I would definitely um, you know suggest listening to this record at least once. You know, so one uh, one interesting thing I read doing my research was I guess in '88 uh, he filed a lawsuit against Frito Lay for using an actor uh, that imitated his voice to advertise their salsa rio doritos <laughs> no he won the case in 92 and received 2.6 million dollars no yep, a sum larger than his earnings from all of his previous albums combined <laughs> so is this true this is the greatest factoid about tom waits of all time uh, it's on his wikipedia page which is extremely long and i could only get through three quarters of his wikipedia page I think I think I read his Wikipedia page for forty minutes, and I still hadn't finished so it. So what you're saying is this is how you make it in entertainment. <laughs> yeah, you sue corporations. That's wonderful. Yeah, right. Because fuck Frito Lay. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Really, when it comes down to it. Uh, <laughs> so much for getting them as a sponsor. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, what do they make that you would be into? Oh, chili cheese Fritos are pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not really into Fritos anyways. Although, Do you know, now Fritos? that we're... I don't like the plain ones. Unless they come with that shitty canned bean dip with the top that you pull off. Right. 
Uh, it's just like a gas maker. I do think though, you know, that, so Thanksgiving's coming up actually when this airs, Thanksgiving will be behind us. But in theory, a lot of times around Thanksgiving, people have extra time to do stuff. And so, uh, if one of us has time, we should, uh, write a letter, pull this clip from the show and send it to them and ask if they want to be a sponsor. <laughs> You're like, here's a CD of us talking about you guys for, uh, 500 seconds. <laughs> uh, Frito Lay is uh, here. We go. Frito Lay. Yeah. Let's see what they make. Let's see if they make anything that we like. They make the corn chips, which I don't like. But I think they actually own a lot of smaller they sub make Doritos. Yeah. They make Cheetos. Here's the thing. I'll eat a Cheeto. I mean, well, I would have. Yeah, Cheetos are they're pretty good. We went through a phase earlier this year. My wife really went through a phase where we were buying these like some natural food brand version of Cheetos. Yeah. This is bullshit. <laughs> it's just Cheeto. It's just a Cheeto. You look at the ingredients and it's like organic yellow number five or whatever. It's like, what, is that real? Yeah. I don't know. Do you ever uh, see, about Frito Lay? Did you ever see the? I don't know if it's real or not, but did you ever see the Cheeto commercial where the guy's sucking on the people's fingers? No, that sounds terrible, I'll, I'll, and disgusting, I'll, I'll, and terrifying. It's uh, <clears throat> uh, if I remember correctly, I don't know if it's a real commercial or not. And it may be a foreign one of their commercials, but, and I'll post a link uh, to the video in the show notes, but ba basically there's like, there's like a Cheeto stand where you get free Cheetos or whatever. And there's a little hole in the wall and it's, it's like, it says like finger cleaner or whatever. No. And you stick your finger through and there's a guy like sitting on the other side of the desk working on a computer that then sucks the Cheeto stuff off the people's fingers. <laughs> that, that can't be real. Uh, yeah. That can't be real. Here's, here's something. Frito-Lay Oh, no, it says uh, Doritos Finger Cleaner Super Bowl, Super Bowl Commercial 2014. Glory hole. Yeah, basically. Here's something. <laughs> I think that this is it. Uh, Frito-Lay owns Smart Food. I don't know if they bought it or if they have always owned it, mm -hmm. but this company, Smart Food, launched at the end of the 80s, and I remember... I don't know why, you know, I used to every once in a while, I'd fill out one of those little things on the, in the back of a magazine, <laughs> mail it in, Okay. you know, just like randomly. I just, back then I really liked getting mail, Yeah. you know, as a kid. And that's also, there was an email, right. so you weren't sick of shit. And there was some kind of thing. It just, it was very vague, right? It was like, fill this out and we'll send you a surprise. And then I, <laughs> and then a postcard came back and there was like a questionnaire and I filled out the questionnaire and sent that back. Yeah. And then I just forgot about it. And then a case of this, of popcorn showed up, like popcorn in bags. Really? Like, like cheese flavored popcorn, white cheddar popcorn. Huh. So that's pretty cool. That, that earned <laughs> some brand loyalty with me for a while. I got a free case and then I yeah. felt, I uh, enjoyed it. So I bought, I bought it for a long time. That's pretty good. What about that? Frito-Lay. Thank you, Frito-Lay. There you go. Come advertise. Golden shower of hits. Golden shower of chips. We'll even, for you know, for the right price, everything's for sale. For the right amount of money, we'll rename our podcast Golden Shower of Chips. <laughs> or Golden Shower of Dips. Yeah, there you go. You know, maybe you have a, you want to launch a line of chip dips. Why not? Yeah. You know, what's on, on their website, there's nothing that says our brands. Although, there's a pet, Pepsi thing on here. Weird. Mountain Dew, Pepsi, Lipton. 
Cheetos, Aquafina, Funyuns. That's oh, a weird one. Funyuns, gross. So Frito yeah. Lay is a subsidiary of Pepsi, I guess. It is. Yeah. We're never going to get their money. Yeah, you never know. I mean, I was turned down by a Camel for a sponsorship. I remember. So. <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> if anyone listening wants to be. Uh, our representation to these larger entities <laughs> trying to drum us up some money we'll cut you in yeah 20 percent. oh jesus yeah that's probably fine well if you've ever had after a, expenses or, i mean come on if you ever had a manager that you know well what are the expenses no one's traveling for work right now. that's true <laughs> like oh i gotta fly to chicago for a meeting with frito-lay <laughs> no you don't <laughs> Yeah, no, I've Zoom it. never had a manager, so... Well, I mean, other than, like, at a regular job, so... Minimum 15%, buddy. You're kidding. I thought, that, I thought it was always 10% for management. <laughs> no? <laughs> Minimum 15%. Oh, yeah. I mean, when was the last time... Well, never. I already know the answer to this question. I was going to say, when was the last time you sold something on commission? Yeah, it's... Uh, at a store. Yeah, no. That's, like, 25%. I don't think if I ever had, a, like, a commission job... Uh, I did, um, you, do you know what Owen Mills is? Hmm. Might be just be a Midwest thing, but it was a portrait studio that was big. Oh yeah. I know yeah, this. yeah. Uh, I worked for them doing phone sales for about two weeks. <laughs> it was fucking awful. Cold calling people. I bet you were terrible at that. Yeah, I was, I was terrible at it. I'm, I'm bad what, on the phone. <laughs> if someone was rude to you, what, how would you react? No, I was fine. You know, really? I, th I think my issue with um, doing phone sales and, and so uh, I did have a job um, fixing computers for this uh, computer store. And one day they had like a, some kind of sales retreat or something. So they put the techs on the phone <laughs> to like answer the phones and try to make sales. And literally, I just ended up like shooting the shit with like three different people <laughs> for over an eight hour span and didn't make a sale. <laughs> <laughs> well you know like they were interested in computers and so was i so yeah it was what what did you talk about just computer stuff you know apple and operating system what year was this uh probably 2000 i think so were computers interesting then yeah what could they do well they could get on the internet and that's when uh barely <laughs> that's when uh like napster was big and you know uh digital video was just getting started so right. yeah, editing digital video with Final Cut and Premiere and that sort of thing. And um, OS X was new. So yeah, there was a lot to talk about. Wow. Steve Jobs had just come OS, back to uh, OS Apple. OS X? Yeah. In 2000? That's what we're on now, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Well, you're still on OS X. I'm on OS 11. <laughs> <laughs> this one goes to 11. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. I'm very confused. How can how could OS X have come out in 2000? Ah, uh, I... I you have just fucking cracked the seal. So uh, Mac OS came out in 84, um, I think, with the first Mac. And it was called System uh, like System 6 and System 7 and System 8. And it got to System 9. And then when they brought Steve Jobs back, they he brought back uh, an operating system called Next Step. And they christened that OS 10, right? So... It was a basically a complete change of the operating the, the guts of the operating system. So then OS X, when it came out in 2000 or 2001, 
was then version 10, 10, 1, 10, 2, 10, 3. And so I think the version you're on is like 10.14 Mojave. Weird. And then now um, with this last one, Big Sur is such a fundamental change underneath. They've changed it to, well, they, they stopped calling it OS 10. They st- started calling it Mac OS, um, like last version. But now we're on, uh, since this new one, Big Sur, is such a big change, they've changed it to uh, Mac OS 11, basically. It's that much of a dramatic change. Yeah. Um, I think they're trying, they're just trying to get away from the OS 10 thing and they're moving to that Apple Silicon, you know, using their own processors. And so the guts underneath. Now they are? Um, yeah. So the new MacBook Pro, MacBook Air, and Mac Mini use a non Intel processor. It uses a processor that's made by Apple, the same kind of processor that's used in their iOS devices. Which is wait a minute. So before they did right, and then they switched to Intel, and now they're switching again. Yes. Hmm. So they started out with Motorola 68K processors in the 80s. Then they bounced to PowerPC uh, in the early 90s, and they ran that up to like 2005. That's when they switched to Intel. They've been Intel uh, up until a couple of weeks ago. They're still selling some Intel processors, but they're moving their all their systems to this new processor that they're calling Apple Silicon, which is actually an ARM processor. So, and they're like, did you say armed? ARM A R M. Skynet struck first, yeah. you know. So, um, but the new processors are bananas faster than the Intel processors, and they use way less electricity. So. Uh, your battery will last way longer and that sort of thing. Cause Intel's been, <clears throat> you know, the way to make processor, God, I need to turn off your phone, dumb dumb. Oh, it's, oh that's you me. Texting me. <laughs> Take a look at that. Um, you know, the way to make computers use less electricity is to shrink the pro, you know, part of it is to shrink the processors down. Um, and also when you shrink the processors down, you can put more transistors on there, which makes them faster. So Intel's been having a hard time shrinking their process down over the last few years. And so they keep putting out these processors that are not that much faster than their last ones. And people are getting really irritated with it. And so Intel's not doing very well right now. Uh, AMD's eating their lunch. And then Apple's jump ship, which Apple is a huge customer, I would think. So things aren't looking good for Intel right now, which I never, well, never thought I would say that. But because <laughs> they're the... 800 pound gorilla and computing, you know, you know, things are tough all over. All, all, all of this is to say, I have no idea what kind of computer Tom Waits uses. <laughs> are we talking about Tom Waits anymore? Yeah. I don't think, uh, I don't think I have anything left to mention about Tom Waits. I don't either. No, unfortunately. I mean, here's the thing. I think he's great. I really do. Um, you know, I'm ready to grade it. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. You want to grade? Sure. <laughs> it's such a lackluster review. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. I I love Tom Waits, but I love Tom Waits like I love that cousin who's just like so much energy. Like you love to see your cousin at Thanksgiving. Right. But then if you have to spend like a week with them, you're just like, <laughs> fuck, man, I can't deal with this shit. Right. Yeah. That's Tom Waits for me. It's just like really cool, but not energy i can just i can just have around me all the time right Mm. and i think he's a true artist you know yeah but so 
And being that this album was sort of like the Genesis album, the album that sprung all of the rest of his super more art-oriented, explorative, exploratory albums, I'm going to say B+. Yeah. B+. Your silence is deafening. Yeah. Um, You know, I, I, I... like I said, I think this album is worth listening to once um, for, you know, some of the recording ideas in it are, are good uh, and the lyrics and, you, you know, it's, it's like watching a movie once, um, you know, like I'm glad I watched it. I'm not going to, I'm not buying the DVD. You know what I mean? Right. I don't have any other experience with Tom Waits other than this. Um, I'm not, I'm not super into the whole shtick, like the persona thing. So. I don't know. I'm going to, yeah, I'm giving it a C minus. C minus? Oh, Christ. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. It's a little less than average. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to allow that to trigger any excitement from me. You're not going to bite on that your, one. Your whole like. I'm so, what do you give it? You gave it a ab- B. What is average? You gave it a B or a B plus? Yeah, solid B. Yeah. I think. I don't remember. Uh, Maybe B plus. Yeah, I mean, you know, my recommendation is don't. Well, don't buy this record. <laughs> like it's it's not worth the fifteen bucks. But you can't stream it. So if you want to hear it, you either have to listen to it on YouTube, YouTube, right? Or don't listen or... to it at all. There you go. <laughs> I mean, it solves that problem. That's your favorite solution to the problem. Yeah, I mean, you know, the interesting thing is like. It would be one thing if like this was like some amazing album that wasn't available on streaming, you know, and so that forced people to go out and buy it. But and so I don't know why it's not available on streaming, but it's not because it's worth paying for. <laughs> Such a dick. Well, I, uh, I I don't know. I this I think it's when you're in the mood for it for this specifically, like you know. If you were like river rafting on some like Huckleberry Finn thing down a river and you were on mushrooms and and you had like black and white striped bloomers on, you wouldn't find a better soundtrack. <laughs> but on a road trip with your buddies, probably there's a lot better options. Like the Cult Electric would be really great. There you go. Yeah. You know, um, fuck. I I can't think Des- of destroyers comes to mind. I can't think of something that I would be doing my day to day life where I'm like, oh, I should listen to Rain Dogs. Like, yeah, all right. It's you know, it's like the army. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I did it. I'm never doing it again. <laughs> you know, like the what? It's like people say about the army. They're glad they did it, but they they'd never do it again. So right, people from the Marine Corps don't typically say that. Oh. <laughs> typically they're like i don't know Uh, i don't know what i was thinking (laughs) just kidding Uh, how is is your veterans day by the way uh whatever who cares so uh, are veterans anyone that's been in the armed forces or is it only people that have been in the armed forces that were in uh combat no anyone that was in the armed forces well happy veterans day then there you know i don't think that there's memorial day right yeah is that for for people who've died right um then there's veterans day which also butts right up against the marine corps birthday it's a double whammy for marines oh yeah it's great yeah they're just back-to-back days right the 10th and the 11th and then but there's is there a day for specifically for 
uh, wartime veterans who have survived? No. I mean, there's a fucking Secretary's Day for Pete's sake. <laughs> like, you'd think that they would... Hallmark would come up with some shit to just squeeze blood out of a stone. You right, know? right. And, like, write some corny card. But they haven't. Mm. So look for that in 2021. <laughs> You could, uh, while you're mailing our press kit to Frito-Lay, you could send a copy to Hallmark as well. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. Hey, we got a um, uh, new holiday idea. Check inside. <laughs> <laughs> See the inside uh, the details. Uh, what? Good uh, fucking Lord. I, I know we're wrapping up here, but I, I, I'm super curious. So what did you do in the Marines? Like, you know, you've talked about going to boot camp and that you were Marine and stuff, but you never, I don't know that I've ever heard what you actually, so oh, you were fucking, you were in for four years, job. right? I had an office job, dude. Oh yeah? Yeah. Did you make copies and stuff or what? What no, is an like, office job? <laughs> this is very vague. People, people would go, people would go, uh, like I was an administrator. It was really hor- ferociously boring. Yeah. So, but it was lucky for me that I had a job where it was relatively mindless. Like you had to pay enough attention that you clicked the right boxes, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you, you entered information incorrectly. Otherwise people's paychecks would get fucked up. Oh, okay. But my life as a Marine was go out, get fucking wasted, drunk, blacked out, drunk, probably throw up, <laughs> potentially piss the bed. Yeah. Wake up at Jesus. six in the morning after, you know, with like five or five hours of sleep, run three miles, oh. throw up on the run in front of everyone, <laughs> uh, go shower and then, and just feel totally fine then. Right. Wow. Maybe feel a little bit off, but you know, you're 19, 18, 19 years old. It, you could really get through that. No problem. Yeah. And then uh, go hit the chow hall, have some breakfast and then go to work. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was pretty weird. It was a weird weird gig. I worked in the headquarters, the the base headquarters, and so I was always around. <laughs> if you can imagine, Jamie, I was always around the people who ran shit, right? <laughs> yeah. So I had to go into the base commander's office and uh, get get like base. Ba- uh, like number all the numbers from the of the base like all right how many people do we I, I went and updated his board for him every day and but it was there's like a you know there's a military courtesy or, or you know there's a chain of command and there's a way you're supposed to do everything and a way you're supposed to enter every room and request permission and you're supposed to report to someone and it's all very formal and I just fucking couldn't make, I was too proud to make myself do it. I was just like, nah. Really? I know I, I, know I signed up for this, but nah. <laughs> you can you can totally fucking find me or do whatever you want to do, but I'm not, I'm not doing all that. Wow. And, um, but I also played racquetball with like company commander. Like I, I was around the officers a lot. And, um, you know, I made a lot of inappropriate jokes to officers <laughs> and they just you? sort of really, like, they just sort of tolerated me for yeah. whatever, for the, in the same way that cops would tolerate me. You right. know? Yeah. And 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I fucking squeezed out of there alive, but I did. So did and, you... Uh, so you I know, have two other questions. Allegedly unscathed. I have two other questions. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Um, yeah. So I have two other questions. I mean, when you're cracking jokes with the base commander about Jesus. seeing his wife at the grocery store and like talking about her pants or whatever, and <laughs> you don't, you know, nothing happens. Right, right. Well, well they're people, uh-huh. you know, too. So. I, you know, yeah. I was just the guy that didn't, there were a lot of guys and gals that weren't into following the rules. There was yeah. this big fucking steroid taking uh, military police, uh, like, non-commissioned officer, motherfucker, like staff sergeant. Yeah. And uh, he made some, like, offhand remark about a friend of mine who everyone knew was a lesbian, you know, at, at yeah. a barbecue. Yeah. Like, at her expense, where everyone, like, had a good laugh. Right. And it was, like, some, it was a shitty thing. And I, I fucking stood up. And everyone was pretty drunk, and I was and I was certainly no exception. And he was a really big dude and would have fucking ripped my head off. And I stood up and I was like, told him to fuck off. Like, why don't you fucking keep your big fucking mouth shut? Yeah. You know, why don't you keep your big mouth shut about shit you don't know? Yeah. And uh, he was not having it. He was he got right in my face. But there, there were officers around and they like, you know, basically saved me. Right. Luckily. I might be dead. That guy was a fucking <laughs> monster. Oh my god! <laughs> so did you? So at the end well, yeah. of your, at the end of your four years, just, did you, you know, decide to just leave, or? But somehow I made it to the Marine Corps. Are you not hearing me? Can you hear me, Mike? Hello, Mike. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so looks like Mike had some tef- technical difficulties, and um, as much as I would love to sit here and uh as much as i would love to sit here and take the bully pulpit (laughs) and uh shit on mike's grades and uh do all kinds of other stuff because mike's not here to challenge me (laughs) i'm gonna not do that and i'm gonna end the podcast uh unfortunately mike's had some technical difficulties so that is gonna end our tom waits episode Next week, I believe, is Allison Chain's. Um, next week is Allison Chain's Jar of Flies. So, if you want to listen to that before you listen to the next episode, um, yeah, we'll see you then. Go to